for the first down and still on his feet. RG3 is going to outrace everybody. Roethlisberger looks, crosser, grab, he caught it, fights to the goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Pittsburgh! That might win them the division! And the handoff to Tomlinson, left side, and he will gallop into the end zone! Charger fans are witnesses to history! The Blitz Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Mr. Kane Schwartz, and I'm joined by the, these two fine fellas I got in a box ahead of me and a box below me. And on top of me and below me, I just hate using those terms, fuck, but there's no other better way to say it. But uh, but yeah, got my two dudes with me. It's good to have you boys in. Tyler, how we feeling, bro? Great, man. Got to go oh, see my yeah. first ever Vikings home game. Um, if you're following us on Instagram, you were able to see some of the uh, the sights and sounds from the game. Got some scores in there as well. Had a J- Justin Jefferson hitting the gritty, which was pretty cool, right in front of me. Um, just absolutely ridiculous stadium. The aesthetics in there are above and beyond anything I've ever seen in any stadium. The, the weird part is, like, when you enter, there's these huge doors, and if it's nice weather – they leave them open. So you've got natural airflow going through the entire stadium. And then you've got the the panels up top that allow all that natural sunlight to come in as well. Overall, just incredible atmosphere. Um, everything I could have hoped for more. They had during the pregame intros, like fake snow coming down. And they really took on like the Game of Thrones Vikings type theme, which was really cool to see. Um, but yeah, if you ever get a chance to go to a game there absolutely take advantage of it i know they've obviously hosted the super bowl with the patriots and eagles they hosted the final four as well um and i can absolutely see why they were able to host all that it's smack in the middle of downtown so the only negative was the tailgating scene there we didn't really get to see much of it if there was any they did have a huge outdoor area in front of the state um in front of the stadium though which was really cool um, but yeah, overall great atmosphere. Everybody's so freaking friendly in Minnesota too, in Minneapolis. Um, and yeah, if you ever get a yeah, chance, I mean, everybody in the Midwest, my mom's side is all from the Midwest. It's, it's cheery all the time, but, uh, Jaden, you made a, made your way over to a less welcoming, uh, stadium and that is M&T bank. Uh, how was that? Yeah, it was, it was pretty good. Pretty nice environment. Um, can't give them too much credit cause they're still the Ravens, but. <laughs> primetime game they did go all out got this little they had like a little light up bracelet to like they would like control it and light up the entire stadium like with different colors and stuff um nelly was performing at halftime for some reason um it was a pretty good game to watch uh obviously came down to the last second did have a douchebag uh on the side of us so it was like sam who's about kind of sitting there in silence and then me and then Liam and Caden, both Ravens fans. And then over there was like this guy, total ass clown fan, obviously. Um, but it was pretty, pretty good uh, environment after I watched on. Uh, thanks, thankfully the Ravens were on prime time, so in that way everyone in market could watch the Steelers lose thirty-eight to three. Mm, tasty. Yeah, you hate to see that. Yeah. Uh, rough Sunday for. Uh... Both of our teams. Almost a rough Sunday for the Vikings, which we'll get into. It's a close game for sure. But uh, looking forward to diving into it, man. I mean, do you expect anything else yeah, from down. the Vikings? 
That's their fifteenth one. That's their fifteenth possession. Fifteenth um, game that's been decided by one possession in the last two years. Every yeah, single playing game down the level way. competition. That's what we call it in business. But um, yeah, I'm excited to talk some uh, talk some football. So without further ado, let's fucking dive into it. So uh, to start off, I'm just gonna recap how the uh, me and my pod mates did on our picks uh, from week five. So as I'm going down the list, Thursday night football. Um, I had a hot start to the week. I was the only one to pick Indy, but my week got a lot worse from there. Um, starting with the Giant, yeah, what a terrible game. Ter- probably the worst. I, I put in the description for the episode. Probably the worst game in recent memory. Um, but yeah, so started off with uh, London in the morning, and the uh, Packers lost to the Giants in London, which was bizarre. Uh, the Steelers blew out the Bills, as you mentioned, or the Bills blew out the Steelers, rather, <laughs> as you mentioned, Jaden. That was still that was still very nice to hear. <laughs> if you can manifest it, you know. But yeah, Bills take care of the Steelers. Uh, Chargers play at the Browns, and the Browns almost make it out, but the Chargers do come out on top. Uh, me, Mitch, and Tyler had that. Jaden almost came up on the upset pick. Uh, then Texans at Jags. None of us had the Texans catching their first dub, uh, but they did in fact catch their first dub against the Jags on Sunday. Uh, then we had Bears Vikings. Uh, Vikings won that one while Tyler was in attendance. Uh, Lions and Pats. Uh, me, Mitch, and Tyler had the Lions. Jaden had the Pats. The Pats end up blowing them out, which was surprising to say the least. Um, Seahawks and yeah, big, big old, old goose egg, egg man. Shut out. Uh, but yeah, Seahawks Saints. It was a good game, but um, we kind of split the split down the middle between the podcast. Me and Jaden had the Hawks, and Mitch and Tyler had the Saints, and the Saints come out on top. Uh, then Dolphins and Jets. Teddy Bridgewater ends up getting injured in this one. He's now in concussion protocol, so they're down to their third string quarterback. I think his name's Cole Thompson, right? Skyler Thompson. Skyler Thompson. At a at a Kansas State, he was really good at Kansas really good State. But too. I mean, throwing him in like that, yeah, he he did have a good preseason. <laughs> but dual threat quarterback, like I mean, he he absolutely has the talent. He just doesn't have the experience right now. And yeah, it, it shows. Uh, the Dolphins without their two starting quarterbacks um, lose pretty handedly to the Jets in New York. Um, then Falcons Bucks, uh, really close game. I was kind of made fun of. Um, for picking the spread in this one, but the Falcons do cover the spread. They do lose, though. The Bucks come out on top. Uh, next game, my Washington Commanders did lose, unfortunately, to the Titans. I was the only one to pick the Commanders, and the rest of the team picks the Titans. Uh, we all picked the 49ers to beat the Panthers, so that's solid. Um, and then Eagles at the Cardinals. The Eagles barely escaped that one. Um, Cowboys at the Rams. Uh, Cooper Cooper Rush continues to do it, man. 5-0 and as a Cowboys starter. They beat the defending Super Bowl champions at home, which is awesome. Uh, not awesome. I shouldn't be saying that about the Cowboys. But uh, then Bengals-Ravens on Sunday night. Uh, it was a close one. Justin Tucker ends up winning an on-field goal. Um, three of us had that. Jaden was the only one with the Bengals. And then Raiders at the Chiefs. Mitch went the Raiders, but the rest of us went the Chiefs, and the Chiefs came out in a close one. So, yeah, man. Hell of a week of football. So, after those picks, we dive into what we've 
made a weekly segment now, and we're hoping to cut under an hour this time, and that is the power rankings. Dun, 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 dun. So, those of you on the audio version, I'll go ahead and list off the power rankings real quick. You know what? Go ahead and go to the Instagram, man, and just uh, just just look. If you're listening to the podcast, go ahead and go to the Instagram. Look at our Week 5 power rankings, and we're going to adjust those live. So, let's dive into it, man. All right. Initial thoughts. The Packers have to move back after the loss to the Giants in London. So who are we putting above the pack? Tyler, start with you. Oh, so I uh, I was going to say definitely tier two. Um, I think that this team's got some major issues at the wide receiver position, which is what we talked about in the beginning of the year. Um, I mean, if Randall Cobb is going to be your leading receiver, he probably got some issues. Uh, The other thing, I don't know if their defense is as good as what we hyped it up to be in the preseason. Like this was supposed to be one of the best defenses in football. And you've seen back-to-back weeks, Bailey Zappi and the Patriots offense, and also Daniel Jones and the Giants offense kind of have their way with them, especially late in the game. So I'm not as confident on this in this defense as I once was, which we thought was, you know, going to be the backbone and the strong point of this team. Yeah. I mean, and when you have the limited amount of playmakers that they do right now, you have to be able to lean into your defense and so far able to do that. They run this like cover four soft coverage scheme and it's not working and they keep running these vanilla coverages and teams are dicing it apart. You've got to be able to adjust. Honestly, dude, I think you got to start having conversations about Joe Lombardi having to go in Green Bay, their defensive coordinator. I don't think, um, you know, this team has Super Bowl aspirations and I can't see this team winning a Super Bowl. It, it's just, and especially without the without the offense, you're not going to be able to score points to help your defense out. From the receiver position, I would, and I know they won't do it because they never do, but I would take a stab at, at DJ Moore. I mean, yeah. he's, he's going to be on the block now probably. So, <clears throat> and I know we're going to hop into a lot with the Panthers, but I think that that would be a great fit um, for both parties is for DJ Moore to go to the I Packers. just, like, when it comes to DJ Moore maybe going to the Packers, I love it, obviously. I love the idea of it. But if they didn't do anything this offseason to go out and get a receiver, I don't feel like they're going to do anything in the middle of the season to try and trade for a wide receiver. Or Odell Beckham. Yeah, I I think them signing Odell Beckham for the last part of the year is more realistic <clears throat> than them trading I, for yeah, DJ Yeah, I think that's Moore. a lot more likely than trading for DJ, yeah. That'd be a game-changer, though. Uh, but without reinforcements coming anytime soon for this team uh how far are we bumping them down i mean at least the bucks and the Bengals are ahead of them i mean so it's gonna sound I'm... biased but like the packers i mean the, the vikings beat them and i think the vikings oh no the vikings, are better the vikings than the packers. so i've said it three i've said it this is my third time saying it now because of the uh cutouts but i moved the packers and the Bengals into tier two and then the cowboys and the vikings into tier one I, I like that. Like we talked about it in the group chat. It's probably of those those two teams moving down between the Cowboys, the Vikings, and the Chargers. And to be quite honest with you, man, if that if I didn't see that Brandon Staley decision and like watch it happen live, I'd probably have them in tier one. But the fact that I had that I saw that and watched it happen and it should have cost them that game, I don't trust it. Plus the injuries and all that other stuff. I think Keenan Allen. Um, 
like Twitter doctor saying that this injury that could linger on into week 10. I mean, Mike Williams has been good and this passing offense is, has been able to stay afloat, but can you really, really continue to play without Keenan Allen until week 10? Yeah, no, it's, yeah, I mean, it's a huge loss for them because because guys like Joshua Palmer and DeAndre Carter haven't really stepped up either yeah. in Keenan Allen's absence. I mean, I know Gerald Everett's been solid. I don't think he had a great week this week, but he's been solid. He's kind of kept them afloat too. But yeah, you can't depend on Mike Williams and Austin Eckler every single week to go out and ball out in order for you to win a, win a game. And especially, you know, you've got injuries to the defense now as well, which even though the defense has been good at times this year it's shown its flaws and we saw it this week especially the rush defense uh so i'm as i'm looking at the rankings here i just moved the cowboys and the vikings to the bottom of tier one so we have and honestly i was looking earlier like we don't need to mess with the tier one anymore right i mean the that's what i I think the bills are i think the bills are ahead of the eagles i think the bills are ahead of the eagles yeah i did do that but after that that's exactly what i have here i bills bills over and i'm gonna i can't do it like, and I'm going to tell you go this. Ahead. I'm, I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to tell you this right now. If the Chiefs and Bills are one and two, as long as one doesn't get blown out this week, they're they're probably going to stay the same, if not flip flop, depending on who wins. But I think those are the the two best <clears> teams <throat> in football. I the Eagles, in my opinion, have benefited from a cake schedule. Um, and I'm not, you know, it's the NFL, so you got to go out there and you got to win the games. They are three and zero on the road, which is very impressive in my mind. But in my opinion, if you put the Bills and the Chiefs up against the Eagles. I don't know if they blow them out, but I definitely think they beat them. I just think on paper, the Eagles are a lot better team than people give them credit for. I mean, people want to just look at the Eagles and say, oh, it's the Eagles, like, of old. But, I mean, we're comparing <clears> them, but we're, we're we're comparing them with the Bills and the Chiefs, which we didn't even think was possible. Five I know, but ago. you're talking as if, like, they just, like, they're not the Titans from last year who just benefited from a cakewalk of a schedule with a shitty roster. Like, this is a team that, like was working hard in the offseason to be competitive this year. So I mean they still they still had the 15th or 16th best odds to win the Super Bowl at the beginning of the year. Like they were a middle of the pack team at the beginning of the year. And that's because it's the Eagles. Like now that you if you guys if if you guys want to leave them at 2, I'm cool with it. I'm just saying my personal how I would have it ranked is I would have the Eagles at 3. But I mean if you guys leave them at 2, I'm not going to complain with that. They did narrowly escape the Cardinals. It was in and Arizona. And the, Ky- the Kyler situation where he slide. saw he slid and then he spiked it because he saw the, the thing in the stadium said that they got the first down. Maybe it's a yep. little different. Also, isn't that their backup kicker that was kicking this week? And that's the reason yep, why. Yeah. Was, it, was he with Kansas City like two weeks ago? Or was that? Yeah. Yep. Am against I the Colts. Tripping? Yeah. Against the Colts, they... when when they when he blew that game against Colts, that guy's got to be out of a job now, right? Like he literally has lost two games this year, and he's been on two teams for like two weeks. Well, the, oh, did you see him uh, lost two games in five weeks? Did you see him stand up for? I yeah. don't know who it was, but somebody stood up for him in the locker room. Justin Pugh, yeah, because they were all waiting for him, yeah, to come to the locker room after the game. Trey Turner just hit a home run. Oh, a boy! All right, actually, you know, as you guys explain it to me, I'm gonna put the Bills in front of that. I thought that the rest of tier one, the rest of tier one, I'd probably leave the same. The only thing that I'd say is, and I guess we can leave them there because the Bucks beat the Cowboys, but like the, 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 the Cowboys look better than the Bucks right now, in my opinion. I mean, 
what that defense is doing in Dallas, that I mean, you guys can argue against me, but I think it's the best defense in football right now. It's them or probably San Fran, That's but with San Fran with, with Mosley with with uh Mosley tearing his ACL, I think that that's a big hit for San Fran. But da- this Dallas defense, I mean, Micah Parsons is on his way to, to defensive player of the year right now. I, he is absolutely incredible. And and we knew he was good. I don't know if we all thought he was this good, especially this early. And Trayvon Diggs so the has thing, been fantastic in coverage too so far this year. But continue. The thing that I will say about Dallas is obviously their biggest strength on their defense and probably on their entire team is that pass rush, is that duo of Micah Parsons and Demarcus Lars, and even guys like Dorrance Armstrong, like they've been playing really well along that entire defensive front. They have played over the last four weeks, LA, Washington, New York, Cincinnati, four bottom 10 lines, pretty undisputably. Those are four bottom 10 lines. And I, I do think that's a, a big part of the reason why they're winning games is because they keep facing these weaker offensive lines. This week they get Philly. This is a big test for them because if they continue to show this dominance in the pass rush, then, then this defense is like for real. This is the best defense in the NFL. I think San Francisco's probably still in front of them. I know that they did lose Mosley for the year, um, and I'm not. I'm I'm probably not ready to move them in front of Tampa, especially because the only time that they have played a decent offensive line this year was Tampa's, and they lost. As I'm looking at tier one, we're gonna find out <clears throat> as it sits. Yeah, go ahead. We're we're gonna find out a lot out of out, out of both the Eagles and Cowboys this week. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we're going to find out a lot about a lot of teams. I mean, the Bills are playing the Chiefs this week, too. It'll be fun. As I'm looking at Tier 1 here, um, is there an argument for the Ravens in front of the 49ers? They did just beat the Bengals on Sunday Night Football. It wasn't really that impressive of a victory, and the Bengals haven't been that great. But I have a problem seeing the 49ers sitting at 4 for some reason. Yeah, I would I leave the Ravens where they are. I personally would think that they're at five. I I think San Fran's probably a better team. You know, you, you want to revert back to talking about on paper. I mean, I think San Fran on paper is is better than the Ravens. I I, I still worry about the Ravens wide receivers, especially with Bateman. It looks like he might miss it this week again. Um, and if teams just knock Andrews off the line, you know, chip him as soon as he goes out for his route. I mean. There isn't much between Tylen Wallace, Devin Duvernay, and James Prochet. Like that's that's scary if I'm a Ravens fan. That that if they shut down Andrews, who who do you yeah. go to? I, mm, I, how are you feeling? I think I think we'll give it. Another yeah. Week. Okay. All right. I, my, in my opinion, I think we give it another week because both of those teams went and took care of the 49ers. Looked great against a bad team. The bank or the Ravens looked good against a good team. So you know. I'd probably say leave it where it is. Give it another week. I don't know who plays who. Ravens got a big game this week. Ravens mm. play at the Giants. Uh oh. And equally as big, the 49ers play the Falcons. Mmm. Dun dun But yeah, I this tier one, it's it's solidly built. I want to put like I have the urge to put the like the Cowboys, you can make an argument that they're in front of the 49ers, but I think bumping them up to tier one uh, after last week is a solid bump for them. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I I think I think tier one is is pretty. All right, let's move on to tier two then. 
And uh, we got the Bengals, Chargers, Packers, Rams, Dolphins, Jags, Broncos, and Falcons currently sitting there. Um, the Giants have to be moved up into this tier. The the Jags definitely moving down. Ooh, really? Agree. And definitely. Yeah. All right. So since there was there's a lot of you, movement you in this can't, tier. You can't. You cannot lose at home to the Texans and not even score a touchdown. Like I'm sorry, but okay, but like. And Lawrence, Lawrence no, did not did look not. good. It's it, there's not really any good that I can take away from that game. And if you can't take away anything from a game against Houston at home, there's a problem. And it's, yep, yeah, I'm with it. it. I mean, it doesn't erase what he's done so far this year, though. Like I don't know, but I, I think they. I think maybe we jumped the gun a little bit. Like maybe okay. exactly that's how I feel. But like, cause because we were like, okay, well they fixed all their problems that they've had. Um, but since this is kind of a hectic tier in tier two, I'm gonna read off to you what I have. So I have Chargers, I'm with nine, that. Packers, Bengals, Titans. Yeah, the Titans definitely need to be Dolphins, moved up. Rams, Giants, Browns. Dude, I'm bumping the Rams to tier three. This is a this is a this bad is a, team. They just lost another game at home. Like I mean, this is a terrible team. I'm and, with that. And 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 to be honest, they've been all three losses that they've had. They've yeah. been blown. Like they haven't even been in these games. The 49ers <clears throat> they got their ass kicked on Monday Night Football. The Bills in the opening week they got their ass kicked, and then in this week against the Cowboys they got their ass kicked. And Cooper, what did the Cowboys have like 150 mm-hmm. passing yards or something yep. in that game? Listen, here's the thing, this, and this is going to be the case all year. They're going to play a good pass rush, and they're not going to be able to get their offense working. And when they play a bad pass rush, they're probably going to win just because what their offense can do when it has time is is going to beat most defenses. Just the problem is having that time. Their next couple of weeks, they have Carolina next week. Carolina is a team to watch out for this week. I think they're like 3-1 to one right now. Whenever a team, which miraculously... That energy just gets flowing, and they go out and win the first game after they fire their head coach. So that's definitely something to watch. Yes, but most teams don't have P.J. Walker starting yeah. quarterback. That's also a good point. That slipped my mind. But after that, they get a bye. Then they get San Fran again. We saw how that worked out. Then they get Tampa, who's also – I mean, that's still a pretty good pass rush with what they've got there. And then they get Arizona. So I, I think they'll beat Arizona just off of what they can do offensively. And Arizona has no pass rush as of right now. Yeah, and we saw that – what was it, two yeah. weeks ago when, yeah. when they went to Arizona? And, and they were comfortably winning that game the entire time. And I think mm-hmm. that that's a great point is, you know, Arizona doesn't have a formidable front four. Yeah. Um, that, that scares the line of the, uh, of the Rams. So – I agree with that, but that team's that team's got big yeah. issues. You can Absolutely. just see it in the results of their game so far. Buffalo, good pass rush, loss. Atlanta, bad pass rush, win. Arizona, bad pass rush, win. San Francisco, good pass rush, loss. Dallas, good pass Yeah. And those, yeah. I mean, those losses have been somewhat close, too. But, um, yeah. Um, the Broncos yes. need to absolutely go yes. down a tier. Yeah. Maybe even down to tier four. I had them. Like, I- they they're, they're I've got them at 23 because while their offense has been terrible, their defense is cooking. Like their pass rush, yes. I think. Uh, but but they did lose Randy Gregory. That is true. But I think they've got like four guys right now. And, I, and Randy Gregory was one of them. They've got like four guys right now with 15 or more pressures. Yeah. No, I mean, they're, they're yes. certain. Yeah. yeah. And, and they've he got. And they've dog. got. He, 
Pat Sertain is probably him and Asante Samuel Jr. are the next two lockdown corners in the league. Yeah. AJ, AJ Terrell is up there, too. Oh, Jaden. It's definitely yeah, not. Yeah, what did you say? Samuel, Asante, what were we t- Oh, about what? <laughs> you were in the middle. You got cut off in the middle of your Asante comment. Oh, oh okay. Just about Asante saying he's not in Sertain's tier. Like, he's good. He's not Patrick Sertain. Sertain's, like, in, like, not in the Jalen Ramsey tier because Jalen Ramsey's kind of in a tier by himself. But Patrick Sertain is 100% up there with Jerry Alexander, AJ Slay, AJ Terrell, Darius Slay, Tredavious White, like, Mar- um, Marlon Humphrey. Like, those guys that aren't Jalen Ramsey, he's right in there. And I just, I don't, I don't know, though, man. But, 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 by the end of next season, he, I mean, I don't know by the end of this season, but like halfway through next season, maybe the end of next season, he we could be talking about him. He might be the best. Oh, oh, I, I, I think after a year. I loved him coming out for sure. I mean, from what he's done so far, he might already be the best corner in football so far. I mean, even what I remember distinctly is even though Devontae put up like six catches and 80 yards, he like locked him up. Like it was, I haven't. Yeah, no, he did. And in, in every every catch was contested that Devontae had, like, highly contested. He pretty much shut down Michael Pittman. Um, DK, I don't think, had a great game week one against him. So, I mean, he, he's absolutely done um, done a fantastic yeah, job but, for sure. But this offense, <clears throat> this offense, this offense hasn't scored a touchdown in the red zone. Has the highest grade of anybody, Patrick Sertain, has the highest grade of anybody with more than 100 coverage snaps, and it's not even close. He's got... An 88.1 next closest to Stephon Gilmore mm. with an 82. Yes, yeah, Stephon's been good so far. Wow. Uh, but Granted, yeah. Jack Jones has a 92 and 99 pass coverage snaps, but. You knew how this Colts-Broncos game was going to go towards the end. Like, I mean, I at least I knew because you had seen it 100 times before the game. Like, by the time Denver got down there into the red zone, I was like, okay, we're going to kick a fucking field goal, and Colts are going to come back and win it. And that's like it. They're just so bad. They can't do anything yep. in the red zone. You're right, Tyler. And KJ KJ Hamler was mm. wide open, and you know Russ in the back of his mind was thinking, "Well, I can't throw that slant because I know what yes. happened in the Super Bowl, so I'm not gonna. I'm I'm afraid to throw it." You know, he he didn't even mm-hmm. look that way. Yeah, no, he was like dead set on something. Oh, he he predetermined something. Yeah, you you play Madden, yep. you know exactly what that feeling is. You're like, oh yeah, Sutton's gonna be open on this play. I'm not moving my eyes off. Yeah. Him. Uh, but this isn't mad, and it doesn't work. Um, yeah, I think, <laughs> I think the, I think, I think honestly, either the Browns or Cardinals should be moved up to tier. So two. I, I bumped the, Browns I would bump up. the Browns up I as well. Browns up. I would, bump yeah, the I would agree. With I that. think they're right. At, they were right in there. Granted, that's a great matchup for them with the Chargers' run defense and the way that they can run the ball. But they were right there. I wouldn't say they deserve to win that game because Staley basically gave it to it. Like the Chargers deserve to lose more than the Browns. Um. But yes, they still played a hard fought game. And, you know, the closer and closer we get and the further and further we get in the season is the closer we get to Deshaun Watson coming back. And Jacoby Brissett, it, it, I mean, they're OK. They're staying in games, but he's not anywhere near the reason why. And they're about to have a guy in about five to six weeks come back and he's going to be the reason why they're winning football games. So he isn't the reason why uh, they're losing games. Let me though. read like Jacoby Brissett has done a lot no. of good things. Let me let me let me read a, Let me read. Let me read a little something for you. Jacoby Brissett has three interceptions this, this year. All three are in the final Oof. three minutes of the game, and all three are in Damn. games that the Browns lost. So they are, in fact, exactly <laughs> the reason why. 
they are losing games. <laughs> yep. The Jets game, well, he threw an interception late in that game against the Jets, which gave them life, which we know how that game ended. Um, in the game against, uh, who was the other, this week, obviously. And then who was their other loss? It was against... Um, um... Oh my god. Atlanta. I'm blanking Atlanta. on it. Atlanta. Atlanta, yeah. Atlanta. Yep. They've and lost an and, yeah, and they've lost the combined six six points this year. A one point loss. Yep. Three, yep. three, two, and one. So Jacoby Brissett actually is indeed exactly the fact <laughs> why the Browns are losing games. Yeah, the first thing he Tyler said though, like out of his mouth, with three interceptions for Jacoby on the year, that's I mean, that's good. Yeah, but three, but three interceptions that essentially were able to give the other team the lead because within three minutes, they're taking the lead. Yeah. That's fair. Okay. All right. I He has done a lot better than and I they're expected. A, they're a, this they're, and, and, I know, and I know, obviously, Cade York missed a 54-yarder this past week to win the game, but he did hit the one that was from like 59 i think against the panthers in week one that won them the game so they're you know a cade york kick away in that game from being one and four so Uh, as we look at this tier two we have the chargers Bengals, giants packers dolphins titans falcons browns are we comfortable with that order i feel like the titans and the falcons end up ahead of the dolphins right i mean i think the falcons still gotta go down they lost they, they lost to Tampa Bay. Oh my God! The Falcons don't deserve to be in tier two. They don't. Why? Which why of the other teams Jackson... deserves to be in tier because two? Because Jacksonville the lost. Jacksonville, Jacksonville lost at home to the Texans. The Falcons lost by six at the Bucks on a bullshit rough in the passer. Call, after in my opinion. and I understand. After and, Tom and Brady hired a divorce lawyer. <laughs> after Tom Brady hired a divorce the lawyer. The Rams have lost the three good teams, dude. Why did why did they get bumped down to the tier three? They've lost the three really good teams. And they almost they lost out. almost lost to the Falcons at home. Like by like uh the margin was like five Four. points there. Four points? Yeah. Four. It was 31, 31, 27. So the Rams have the same record as the Falcons. Are we are, are we confidently saying that the Falcons are a better team than the Rams roster wise? If re- if records if we had the same record and the tiebreaker then would be roster cons- why are the Rams in a different tier than the Atlanta Falcons? Who they beat also another tiebreaker. I think Browns. a lot of it has to do with preseason expectations as well. I mean, I guess that's not fair, but I can not. understand Jaden's argument though. I like like I I I respect that argument. You know, if you wanted to bump the Rams up to the bottom of tier two and bump the Falcons down to tier three. I I will respect that decision. I don't feel like they can go down after a week, which they, they covered the spread against the bucks in their house at Tampa Bay. And, and, and to be honest, what other, what other argument are you like out of the other teams that are down there in tier three, the Cardinals Raiders, Saints, exactly. Patriots probably. Are you comfortable with putting any of those four ahead of the Falcons? The, no? Okay, so the the Raiders, I'm comfortable with putting the Raiders above the Falcons. I know they're one and four, but they've lo- they've started to pick it up. Like mm-hmm. you could definitely make an argument that they pro- probably should have won yesterday. You know, I I thought Adams like I saw it, and then I went and started doing homework again. I thought that Adams got his feet in. Like it looked to if Adams had his feet down. So I was he a little confused it. when when it came out. Um, but they looked good against the team that we have number one overall. Right now, um, and they're they're only City one, too. yeah, and we're only one game. They're only one game behind Atlanta in the stand. 
they have by far a better roster, in my opinion. Um, so the Raiders for sure. Do the Raiders still make an argument? Where are we putting the Raiders? Ahead, uh, we're putting the Raiders ahead of the Falcons, ahead of the Cardinals, behind the Rams. I had the Raiders at seventeen. I had the Raiders at seventeen, but I also had the Falcons way below that. So obviously, we need to compromise on Atlanta once again, despite the fact that. I was, in fact, right about the public consensus of what people think of the Falcons' ratings or the uh, rankings that were on the Instagram poll were between 21 and 25. The second most results were between 26 and 30. And then they went to Tampa Bay and covered the spread. Yeah, covering the spread. If, if they're a Tier 2 team, Good they should cover. be like... Good teams cover. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Who are they playing this week? No, good teams win. Great ah, teams. Yeah. there it is. There it is. So the Falcons aren't even a good team. They're playing the 49ers. They're playing the 49ers in Atlanta. I think that they win that game. I don't know. I think that they that they beat Tampa. If they win if they win that game, if they win that if the Falcons win that game, they're in tier 2. Can you agree with I that? I can agree game? with that. But if they lose that game, they're 2 okay. and 4 with a roster that is significantly below league average. They need to be in tier 4. If they lose that game, they need to be in tier 4. There's no okay, reason. I will, I will agree with you on this. I would put the Browns and Titans both ahead of yeah. the Dolphins. Yeah, uh, I, I don't know if I'm that, especially with. I don't know well, if I'm putting is, the Browns ahead of the Dolphins back, yet. I think Bridgewater's coming back next week, and then the week after should be when Tua comes back. Now, if that changes and Skyler Thompson is starting next week, I definitely could see your argument. Revenge game for Teddy this week if he comes back. Yeah, so yeah. I'm. Playing the Vikings in Miami. I'll put Teddy the... Bridgewater could have a revenge game against like a fourth of the league. <laughs> that is very true. And as much as I'm a Tua lover, <laughs> Teddy's not a huge drop off from Tua. So if they get Teddy back this coming week, <laughs> okay, I'll like. Teddy... Okay, the Dolphins there is fine. All right, I will agree to move the Rams up ahead okay, of the Falcons. Yeah, okay. Because yeah. they did beat them, yeah, and I can agree with that. I do respect your Raiders argument because they have been in every game and quite frankly should be probably three and two at this point. Um, so if you wanted to bump them ahead, I will agree with that. But after that, I think that the Falcons should be where they are. I'll, I'll put the okay, Falcons. So... Can we put the Falcons in front of the Raiders just because they have more wins and that's where we, the buck stops. Can we do that? <laughs> Come on. No. Man. <laughs> Dude, the, the, their Raiders roster is significantly better than the Falcons, despite the fact that they have a they have the Raiders have that what they played on Monday night was their tenth offensive line yeah. combination. Yeah, but they played ten offensive line combinations. It's it's hard to win like that, and they're they're in games with good teams. They were, I mean, they were up seventeen to nothing, had their chances, maybe a bad play call away from at least going to overtime and getting a coin flip. I I don't know, man. Again, Atlanta, I just, I don't see it. I think, and plus, I think Dobbin really didn't play in the second half. Yeah, that's true. All right, let's move on from the, uh, the Falcons Raiders talk, and let's dive into the rest of our rankings here. Um, do the Cardinals belong in front of the Falcons? Ah, uh, honestly, I mean, what is their, are they two, they're two and three, right? Yeah, they're two and three. They just played the Eagles yes. close. I think... I'd probably I mean, I don't know do why it. I'm sitting here thinking about I'd this as if I didn't just have the Falcons in Tier 4 That's in fine. my rankings. 
I would do that. Um, the other argument I might make is, and this is so weird for me to say this because as a pod, we have been so critical of this team, the Patriots. I think they've kind of found a new life here. Um, I know Damian Harris got hurt, but that might be for the Dude, best. Mondre, oh, yeah. I think Mondre uh-huh. is the real deal. Unleash Mondre. I think he's the real deal. And 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 once Mac Jones gets back, I mean, I'm not going to say they're going to go out there and win the AFC East, but I think they're 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 not going to be any slops the rest of the year. I don't think it's going to be any gimme games when you're playing the Patriots the rest of the year. Yeah, no, I mean they shut out I... the Lions. That's impressive. Yeah. I agree. I still, I still think that obviously that offense is suspect. They, they did put up, they shut out twenty nine zero. But Detroit is easily the worst defense in the league right now, um, and no one knows when Mac Jones is coming back. I've like maybe it's this week, maybe it's the week after. Another team I want to make an argument for: New Orleans. Holy! Yeah. Whoa! Here, you guys and make your arguments. This. I'll look be at- back. I got a tapey. I mean, I don't even think there really needs to be an argument. I'm fine with moving both New Orleans and Indy above Atlanta. I don't know. No. Because... I mean, Indy, Indy has a better record, right? As they are 2-2-1. Two, two they have a better record right now. I know it was a slugfest against Denver, but they have a better record. They have a better roster. And this is the floor of what they're going to be. This is the worst, like, Indian right now. They don't have John Tyler. Matt Ryan has turned the ball over 17 times in five games. How they can't get any worse than this, and I feel like to Shaquille be honest, Leonard Atlanta also been hurt. can't get any better. If the if the Falcons were removed from the okay. league, I would this this podcast would be like an hour long. If if they just didn't do this, and then New Orleans, okay, I, think I New would... Orleans is getting their thing too with Dalton. Kamara looks like himself again. They go out and beat Seattle with no Michael Thomas. Chris Olave goes down, and then they still find a way to win. That Chris Olave injury was scary. Very scary. I will yeah. say that. All right. Um, okay, I, I I I will move the Falcons. God, this is hurting me. But I will move the Falcons behind the Saints. Also because the Saints did beat the Falcons. Yeah, that's fair. So we've moved. That's where the Bucks came. We've moved the Saints and the Colts. We've moved the Saints and the Colts in front of the Falcons. I don't know if I'd move the. Uh, Dude, okay. Still not, I'm still not. I'm going to give you the same rep. I'm going <sighs> to. Listen, listen. This is what I just told Tyler. Okay, so they're two, two, and one, which is a better record than Atlanta right now because they're two and three, and this is the very worst that the Colts can play. They have no Jonathan Taylor right now. Matt Ryan has turned the ball over seventeen times in five games. They can't get much worse than this. It really can't. Things can only get better from here, and they're still a five hundred ball club. That's true. Okay, I mean, their offensive line—they need to figure it out, though. Like, I mean, it's not like there's any help coming, really. I mean, they've got to figure out if Bernard Raymond can actually play the left tackle spot, you know? That guy had three holds in yeah. the first half yeah. against Denver. He had four penalties called him in the first half. Like, it's... it's and again, it, the can't get any, should be in... it can't get any worse than that. But it's not going to get any better there. The Lions... <laughs> it's not going to get any better. It can only it get It definitely better. could. It can only get... He's played left tackle for three years of his life. Like, he is about as raw as it gets. He shouldn't be starting. They need to kick the tires on Eric Fisher. Like, I know everybody's like Eric Fisher or Andrew Whitworth. I think Andrew Whitworth's done. But I think if you gave Eric Fisher a call, especially since he's played or at least was rostered Indy at one point in time, I think he'd definitely consider it. Yeah. All right. Um, 
Can I put the Falcons in front of the Saints? Because I know Lions. the Saints beat the Falcons, but I do believe on paper and like so far in this. Season, on paper. Wow. On paper. No, not yeah, on you're paper. right. Okay, I this is the number one defense. Say, this is the number one defense that I picked for the year with the. Uh, okay, fine. Fuck. God. I don't think, I think there's a single Atlanta has right, better than okay. New Orleans. Twist my arm. Now the Lions. The Lions should be going okay. to tier four. I already had the Lions in tier four. I'm totally fine with that. Can we bump? Can we bump um, the Jags? Um, I think. I think. The can Panthers... we bump the Jags in front of? Do we want to put them behind the Pats? I would put the Jags in tier. four. No, I'm not dropping the Jags to tier four as long as I have control. I'm not. That's that's I terrible. Had, again, I. I had the Jets in tier four. But that one, Atlanta, or I had the Jets in tier three, but that was when Atlanta was in tier four. So if we're going to have Atlanta by default, the Jets need to go to tier four. Also, I do think that Den might have an argument to be in front of New England. I know that their offense looks so I, hard, but yeah. what, what we're seeing from New England's offense right now is the best it's going to be. I, I feel like it, it doesn't, there's not much room for improvement, and Denver has all the room for improvement in the world right now. Um, okay. Okay. I agree with that. I think the Jets should be at the top of tier the four. The Jets should be. I agree. Yeah. I have Jets, Seahawks, Lions at the top of tier four. And then Washington. Seahawks beat the Lions. Seahawks beat the Lions. Yeah. So, yes. Yeah. And then Washington, then Pittsburgh. Then I had Houston jumping up to 30. The Bears staying at 31. Yeah. Carolina falling to 32. Um, are you guys buying the real quick with the Patriots? Are you guys buying Zappy Hour? Yeah. <laughs> do you, do you think, I didn't you think... Really... That's fire. Did you guys think that there That's is a, a case for him to to be the starter, even if Mac comes back? Mm. I like what I'm seeing from my, <laughs> me. Me and my buddy have we we nicknamed him when he was at Houston uh, Baptist. We we nicknamed him uh, uh, what would we nick Blake Blake Zippy. That was our name for him because we had no idea. And and the dude lit it up at Houston Baptist. This is two years ago. I never thought that I'd see this guy being an NFL quarterback two years ago when I was watching him play at Houston Baptist during COVID. Question like, is, well, I was about to say, the question is, why were you watching Houston Baptist? Because it was during COVID and they were playing Texas Tech on like a Friday night and it was all that was on. So I was like, yeah, I'm going to absolutely watch this game. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he's like literally when he got drafted, it was he's just Mac Jones backup. Like he's going to be able to come in and be Mac, like 80% well, of Mac, third Mac Jones ever loses time. Yeah. And then Hoyer goes. To, well, I think the thing is they drafted him. Knowing that Hoyer is obviously yeah. not a long-term answer. You know his real. You know his real first name is uh, Axel. Axel Hoyer. Axel Bailey Zappy. No Hoyer. Axel Hoyer. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> Axel that's a pretty. Why didn't he stick with Axel Hoyer? That's pretty I know. dope. I was about Brian. to say Axel Hoyer would have been like a ten-year starter versus a ten-year backup. And then he goes. Yeah, <laughs> then he goes to Brian. But, but the whole. But 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 I do wonder. You know, everybody's obviously talking about uh, Cooper Rush and all in, in Dallas. But like maybe there is a conversation for for Bailey Zappi. Oh man, I, the Zappi hour. Oh my god, I lo- when I saw that I was like, that is just perfect. Yeah. If Mac Jones wasn't the best quarterback among the rookies last year, then I would say definitely like there's a chance for sure. But Mac Jones was just too good last year. I mean, we hyped him up all last year, and I I do love I Bailey Zappi all last year. The WK, that yeah, I did. yeah, WKU product too. <laughs> Baylor Zappi set records there after he left Houston yep. Baptist. So like he's put, he's a passer, passer. He was out at the Senior Bowl doing good things before the draft. I was watching that. So 
I think he will be an effective quarterback in the NFL. Who knows if he's a long-term starter, but probably not with the Patriots he finds a job, but I do think that he finds a starting job somewhere else. So You were about to say something about the Bears. I do yes. want to hear this. Yes. So I have a lot of Bears fans down here in Kentucky, and they've been uh, – Is it more, ca- is it more uh, arguments about cap space? Uh, yeah, honestly, just day, day in and day out. Uh, but no, I mean, they did just play the Vikings really close at Minnesota. And okay, my thing that I'm going to say in that game, the Vikings, Texans the Vikings won, were up, the Vikings were up 21 to three in that game. Had a had a field goal blocked, missed a field goal. There were a lot of things that went the Bears' way in that game, and I'm not going to say that they didn't show heart because absolutely they did. But I still think that the Vikings were in control of that game. I know the Bears took the lead 22-21, but I never felt like the Vikings are going to lose this game. Uh, the Texans did win on Sunday, but like the Chicago Bears have had that win. You know, Bears, they've Bears mul- beat the Texans. Yeah, they have multiple wins. So I, I like the Bears. I could definitely hear yeah, that. Honestly, do you think the Bears have a conversation to be better than the Commanders <laughs> and the Steelers? Well, we're going to find out about them and the Commanders in a couple of days. Yeah. 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 Give give that time, but no. Okay. All right. So we'll yeah, put the Bears at the top of the I think the, the Panthers bowl. are last. Yes. The Bears are undebatably last. And Panthers. Let's talk. Um, let's. Do we want to talk about Matt Rule? Well, yeah, I guess we want to. Tier two, I have, I still have a little bit of a. Okay. A little bit yeah. of a qualm with tier two. I do. So I do. I think I like two, the Dolphins better than the Titans for sure. I don't know, man. The Titans look so. My tier two is Chargers, Packers, Bengals, Titans, Giants, Browns, Dolphins, Rams. You know what I'm going to say the about Rams. the Giants? They just beat the Packers, and that's the argument I, you've been you know, throwing in our face for the past twenty minutes. Hey, 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 hey! hey. No, in all respect, I mean, it's true though. Yeah, they, in they all respect, they beat the Packers. Like, I don't think that you can sit there and put the. They have a better record than the Packers. They beat the Packers. I mean, I don't know. I mean, how we're much not moving the. We're not off. moving the Texans in front of the Jags. I think also because they don't have a better record. Also, with the Packers, like they narrowly escaped New England the week before. Like that was like Aaron Rodgers. Like, oh, that was just a must-win game. Like we couldn't go in and lose that game, and they lost one of those games and, to the Giants. Just now, so they should and have lost the, the packs. The other Dude, the game giant... that they won, the, the, the game that the, the game that the Packers won this year, Justin Fields, I still think he got in on that QB sneak, which would have tied the game up, I believe, or made it a three point game or something. So who knows what happens in that game? And that's against the Bears. So the Giants on the season, as a team, have the second worst PFF grade. I just they got Brian as a Dable. team, as a roster. I know, and Bri- I listen. I love Brian Dable, and I love everything that he's done. Wink so Martindale on the New defense. York. I too. think they're building something. I think they're building something fantastic. But I think that their ro- what they have on their roster can only maximize them to be like fifteen or thirteen. Like you, <sighs> okay. I need to see it over longer. I don't with what they, they won't have. drop below 15 for me. I yeah, I have them at 13. Okay. I just the Packers and I have the Bengals behind the Packers um 
because obviously I got to see that whole game. I got to watch their play calling. Dude, it, it is insane. And this is going to be um, – I'm going to talk about this later. The Bengals' play calling is horrendous. And uh, watching that game, it's an, either an inside zone or a screen pass every time. Like, it literally, I can't remember a single other than they ran the shovel pass well, T, on T, the T, – T, T Higgins was hurt the whole game, basically. Yeah, I agree. I, I know, snaps. but even then, like – Jamar Chase and Tyler Boyd, is that not enough for like 75% of NFL offenses to beat? And with Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon, like that is, those four players are better than what 80% of offenses have. Yeah. And to be able to run such a dumbed down offense in prime time against a division rival who's one of the best teams in the league, you've got to be able to come up with some better shit than that if you want to, you know, repeat as AFC champion. And. We were talking about it before the game, me and Mitch, on uh, on the podcast at the end of the week. Like That Ravens sec- secondary has been historically bad so far this year. So, mm-hmm. in all likelihood, like with the bet, who was once, at one time, the best slot receiver in the NFL in Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase, future best wide receiver ever, Like you should be able to do something against the worst secondary in the league. So. Yeah. All right. But... Uh, that's I'll other than that I think everything I'll good. put the mm, I, I'll put one the question that I heard this past week that I, that I do want to throw out there just as like a, a random question do you think if you put Patrick Mahomes on any team in the NFL they would make the playoffs yeah 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 mm. yeah Houston's got a good enough luck Chicago that's a good question jeez Chicago. See, like, Houston, like, that's that's kind of my thing with Chicago. If I put Patrick Mahomes on Houston, he's got Brandon Cooks to work with. He's got a Laramie Tunsil at tackle. He's got Damian Pierce behind him. I put him on the Bears, man. I don't know. And this this is the biggest what if. This may have what ifs in NFL history is if right. Patrick Mahomes was on the Bears. Yeah. That is or an interesting Texans. question. Or the but or, Yeah, or the Browns because didn't they? Oh no, that was they took Garrett that Houston. year, so I guess Houston, you know. Houston, Houston took Deshaun Watson. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's finish out these power rankings, Whew. boys. Um, so I mean, I think we're yeah. Is everything? Like, yeah, I think we're pretty good. I think we're good. Yeah. Yep. All right, sweet. Uh, do we want to do a little rundown on Matt Rule real quick, or we want to save that for the end? Um, I mean, I don't know if there's much to talk about. I mean, I Matt Rule was like, fired, guys. We, we, Case well, I meant I meant yeah. like yeah he needed this to guy go. was it he was, was a dead man walking. We talked about this going into the preseason. We were like you know they needed to draft probably. We like talked about this in the draft. Because, yeah, yeah, that's what I meant in the draft in 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 the sense of they needed to draft a guy to win now because the GM and the coach literally have their jobs on the line this year and they have to win now. And it literally lasted five weeks before he was out. Um, I mean he's getting a shit ton of money to not coach. Uh, <laughs> And if he's honestly, if I were him, I just wouldn't pick up a college job. He probably will, but probably I could see him going to like Arizona State or Nebraska or something like that. Um, but yeah, he, you knew that this was coming. The writing was on the wall. Yeah, for sure. Just interesting to watch. Interesting thing to watch now will be uh, if they trade off some of their big name guys that have been around for a while. Uh, Christian McCaffrey. I mean, we talked about DJ Moore. Yeah, we talked about DJ Moore, Christian McCaffrey, possibly so, on the block. I think the most likely trade candidate 
is Christian McCaffrey because Brian Burns and DJ Moore to a certain extent can still fit your timeline because this team is good. Like Tepper doesn't play around. Like he wants results. Like he wants a winning team. So that's why the GMs go is probably going to go. Obviously there'll be a new quarterback in Carolina next year because as it, the way they're heading, they're going to be in position to draft one. But do you want to pay Christian McCaffrey 20 for the next three years when three years from now, you still might not be ready for the playoffs, depending on, you know, what you end up doing at quarterback and if that pick ends up hitting or not. I I think that there will be a team. I was thinking about it um, at work the other day, like right after rule. I think Buffalo or Philly both could could easily make a call. Yeah, could make a call to Carolina and be like, look, we'll give you our first round pick. And especially Philly, because Philly has a second first round pick from New Orleans that looks like it could potentially, you know, creep its way into the top 10. They could send their first round pick, which seems like it's going to be bottom, you know, the bottom five, something like that, at least towards the back end of the draft. And Carolina sends their second. So Carolina's second, that's probably going to be sitting around like top five in the second round. And then Philly would send like a third round pick or in Buffalo's could send James Cook over to Carolina. James Cook. Um, and a first for Christian McCaffrey and a second. I think that is kind of the best course of action right now because that's it's still $20 million that you're going to be paying Christian McCaffrey for the next three years. And, you know, like DJ Moore's cool, but he just got paid. Brian Burns needs to get paid. I think Brian Burns might cost two firsts if he's on the trade market. But as he is, I know he's still young. But he's going to need to get paid. It's it's going to be pretty interesting to see how things go down in Carolina over the next couple months. Yeah, for sure. Um, last thing that I'll say, uh, we put together some theoretical trades for CMC over the offseason. And you mentioned the Chiefs. Obviously, that's a sexy destination. Um, but one thing, and the Bills, that makes sense for sure. Another place that makes sense in my eyes, and I know that they have uh, Elijah, Mitchell, yeah, Elijah Mitchell coming back off the IR, but CMC and the 49ers offense would be something special, I feel like. I mean, with the way yeah, that him, they... Him and Debo would be a yeah, nice combo. With the yards after catch, I mean, they, it seems like a pretty solid fit for that backfield without a guy that they're really committed to, you know? Because, like, Elijah Mitchell, he was, what, a six-round pick? That's the thing. They hate being committed. Like they've had the option to be committed with well, what, Raheem Mostert. What if they could be I, committed I to Christian they, McCaffrey? Yeah, say, yeah. Yeah, but the th- I don't. I don't know what their money situation is. Obviously, you just give Debo his money. You have Trent Williams as the highest paid tackle in, you know, league history. Um, you still have Jimmy Garoppolo's money on the books for this year. Uh, yeah, but um, then he's is con- Kittle, who's paid Bosa, who's but you're also paid. not. Uh, Eric you're Armstead not got paid Fred Warner's highest You're not linebacker. paying primo money for a quarterback, which a lot of teams, a lot of good teams are doing. Like you don't you're paying Jimmy G backup is. quarterback money right now. Granted, it is the highest backup no, quarterback money making, in the league. Jimmy G's making starter money. Like he's making like low end starter money. Yeah, but you're not having to go out and, and pay for like is, an elite quarterback. So that opens up a little bit of the cap space. I, I suppose, but that's the thing. The reason why it's opened up that cap space is so they could go out and sign, re-sign Fred Warner and Nick Bosa and Trent Williams and the guys that are already on their roster. And obviously, I don't know off the top of my head what the Bills or the Eagles or the Chiefs cap situation is going on next we, year. I can check it real quick. 
I know we've got to keep it moving, yeah. but I am a little interested we also, in this. What about the Dolphins? Um, mm, no, they just gave they the just Dolphins gave money to Chase spot. Edmonds. I know he fucking stinks this year. They just gave money to Edmonds and Mostert, so it's like they, and Mostert. they just addressed their running back room. The the they, going into or as of as it stands right now, the Eagles it is only ten million. Um, so that's technically not enough to we did bring learn in a lot money this summer about how cap space is not a real thing i mean you taught me that so yeah, yeah. any team I can know. go out there and get cmc right now realistically so yeah just wanted to throw out the 49ers i thought that'd be interesting i think he'd kick ass in the 49ers offense so all right let's move on from yeah I, go ahead i was just gonna say personally i would love to see him in philly what they've been able to do, I mean, they're one of the best rushing attacks in the NFL right now with, like, Miles Sanders and Kenneth Gainwell and all those Miles guys. San- and being able to dump off to McCaffrey for – how much better is Miles Sanders than Elijah Mitchell? Or is he, is he even better than Elijah Mitchell? Well, like, he was given a lot more capital. He was a second-round pick, I believe. Uh, they've got Kenneth Gainwell. They've got Boston me, Scott. I, I love that argument as much as the next guy. They've got they've got Gamewell, they've got Scott, they've got a deep backfield, so I don't see it working out in Philly. So but. imagine adding imagine adding McCaffrey into that stable though. I mean, you can send Miles Sanders to Carolina if you want to, because I don't really think they are crazy uh, about starting Chuba Hubbard every week. They don't have a young option other than Chuba Hubbard True. to start. True. All right. Let's move on from the power rankings and let's dive into another weekly segment we've been doing, and that is studs and duds and uh i'll try to keep this as short as possible because we are doing a decent amount on time right now uh but we start with the studs for the week and at the quarterback position we had josh allen scoring 38 points this week against steelers uh patrick mahomes putting up a patrick mahomes performance and leading me to my first dub in duck league let's go man the fantasy gods are starting to work my direction barely giving me a glance but i appreciate that you know so uh patrick mahomes puts up 30 and then another quarterback who had a really solid week geno smith man 24 points for geno is Geno a rosterable quarterback, a starting quarterback in a ten-team league going forward? Jaden, I'll ask you, man. He's oh, he's one hundred percent rosterable. I would say if you like, like keep holding on to like Matt Stafford or Russell Wilson, like those are guys that you drafted and you've invested capital in, and you're like, I've had enough. And Geno Smith's still available. Go, go out and do it. I mean, maybe like if if you see a juicy matchup for one or the other, um, then that's not get Geno Smith on your roster. Now, if you're like looking like Joe Burrow or um, Geno Smith, Tom Brady or Geno Smith, that's a little bit tougher of a decision for me. But and then if you're in a 12-team league and you don't even have one of those guys, 100% go grab Geno Smith. He's been awesome. He's been efficient. That he's not like one of the best in the league in right now is turnover-worthy play percentage or turnover-worthy plays. He's towards the top, which is obviously not where you want to be. Um, so watch out for that. Maybe that comes back to bite him a little bit. Like we've seen the yeah, good end of it. Wise, yeah, but like you don't I mean, want to see it. You don't want to see a bunch of turnovers. You don't want to see a bunch of turnovers because turnover regression could happen where like all the plays that maybe fell out of corners' hands and stuff start to start to get caught by the other team. Um, just but for right now, dude. Yeah, Geno Smith, one hundred percent. Go get him. 
Yeah, and also, like, I mean, it's great offense you're in. You still got Tyler Lockett. You still got DK Metcalf and Gino, former second-round pick. And I liked him a lot at WVU. So, How about Taysom Hill? See, doesn't qualify as a quarterback, my friend. I was about to say the positional eligibility is the question here. Yes. In Yahoo, he is a quarterback, comma, tight Whoa. end. Yeah, not on ESPN and not on Sleeper. Though, depending on your platform. But I don't – it's such a fluke. Like, what he does, it's such a fluke. Like, it, it, Mitch, Mitchell talks about it in our group chat. It's like you're either going to get zero, one, or 2, or you're going to get these 30, 25, 30-point 30 blow-up games like he mm-hmm. had this week. And it's just not – There's so many players like, in that, like that in fantasy, though. You have to, you have to roster them. None. I, I would, none I like would him. almost argue that none is okay, like Taysom Hill. That's fair. That, the, he had, the boomer bust is very drastic. insane. Uh, as a tight end listed on sleeper this week, he had 33 points. Yep. Absolute talk, but all right, let's dive it. And as, and, 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 and I know that, I know the tight end position is so weak, but like that's stretching it. I mean, he's, you're never like, tough, like I would much rather, you, you're never going to feel confident start. Like if you're in like a 12 team league, you have, have no backup tight end and your tight ends on by knock yourself out. If you're in, if you're insane enough to do that, go right ahead. But uh, uh, 10, 8 team league from him. Let let your inexperienced league mates go get it. See, I was like yep. looking at the waiver wire today, obviously, and like in general, like across my leagues, like the guys that seem to be available, Tyler Conklin. Uh, Evan Ingram is a name I saw a lot. Irv Smith is a name I saw a lot. I'd would you prefer a Taysom Hill over those guys? I probably would. I'll tell you if if we're, I mean, we're just gonna jump the tight ends here. I don't know if yeah. you want me to save this, but Hayden Hurst is definitely yep. a guy. I started him this that week. I'd be looking at. Started him. Dawson mm-hmm. Knox was hurt, so I started uh, Hayden Hurst this week, and it was a great I call. Think, and I am very. I think Dawson Knox might future. be headed to Jobsville. I think Dawson Knox might be headed to drop. He isn't has a bit of. I mean, he's yeah. always been touchdowns. If if he's not getting touchdowns, he's worthless, and he's not right now. So, especially. If- and you were talking, and you kind of you alluded to it with the with the play calling for the Bengals, and especially if T Higgins is out, you know, again or or the week after that. I mean, if they're just going to do these dump offs and these little screens, it benefits Hayden Hurst. Yeah, know? and I mean, they we- ran at least two tight end screens to Hayden Hurst. And and we saw what Joe Burrow did with Uzama yes. last year. I mean, Uzama had uh-huh. a really good year with them. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. I mean, we've seen Joe Burrow be effective with a tight end. Yeah, if he's if 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 Hayden Hurst is available in your ten team league, I would go out and get him. Twelve team league, it's an obvious go get if he's if he's not already been um, picked up. But yeah, I think he could. And Mitch talked about it. I mean, he he made a point after like week two that Hayden Hurst could be a top ten tight end, and it's definitely shaping up that yeah, way. Solid mm-hmm. week for him. For sure. All right, so let's dive into the uh, the running backs from this week. Uh, Leonard Fournette put up 36 points. Glad to see him finally get his touchdown production that he's been talking about and promising. Uh, Austin Eckler also delivered on some promises. He's yeah. back. He's back. Any Austin Eckler owner can stop sweating. I know it was scary after the first three weeks, but last week and this week, he's been the best or second best running back. So, yeah, Austin Eckler is officially yeah, back. And I'm not fully, like, I know Mitch says otherwise, and I feel like an idiot for saying this, but, like, I'm not fully convinced that Justin Herbert is going to make it all the way back from those ribs. So, like, 
I mean, maybe this is a sign that Austin Eckler is going to get a lot of work out of the backfield, and he has. This is the reason he's been getting a lot of work these past few games. Well, I also think I also think with not having mm-hmm. Keenan Allen, that definitely affects yeah, it for too. Sure. Mm-hmm. All right, let's uh, let's dive into the rest of the running backs. Josh Jacobs, he scored thirty points. He looks to be one of the best running backs in fantasy this year after some injury riddled seasons. He looked awesome. Yeah, I mean, he was running angry last night. Uh, Brees Hall had his breakout performance with twenty nine points. We said it last week that it was Brees Hall season, and and now it officially is. Yeah, so I just traded him. Aw, you did, but you you get you get Jamar Chase back. If I'm if I'm getting Jamar Chase in a deal with Brees Hall, as much as great as Brees Hall has been, you got to take that all day. Well, you can't even say how great Brees Hall has been because he hasn't been great. You know, he put up the twenty nine points, but that was his breakout, dude. PPR, he's RB9. He's RB9. Yeah. I was going to say, he's been really good. He's averaging 16 a game. I was going to say, even even weeks one through three, he was still putting up like anywhere from seven to 12 points in a game. He was putting up a consistent. I mean, he was leaning on touchdowns, especially in two and three. Or wait, no, he didn't even have. Hey, I'll shut that up. Brees Hall's easy, man. But yeah, he has his breakout game, goes 29 points. Uh, Derrick Henry, he was my uh, sit of the week. He's third so straight, he's so back. Third straight, third straight twenty three point plus game for yeah, Derrick Henry. He's back. He's he so was my back. sit of the week uh, this week just because I thought that the Commanders, oh silly fucking me, might get out to an early lead and Derrick Henry might not get as much work, but that did not happen. Um, Derrick Henry for the rest of the year. But see, the thing that's quiet. been <laughs> the thing that's and that's different about this year is especially over the last three weeks, he's getting targets. Six, five, yeah. and then he had two last week, but he did get two. He caught both of them for 30 yards. He's, yeah, he's way eclipsed 100 yards receiving on the season. I mean, and essentially, and he's he's had 100 yards over the last three games combined, which, I mean, you got to be very happy. Like, Nick Chubb's not giving you that. No. I mean, if Nick Chubb's Derrick Henry, that was his knock. points in every game, though. Oh, no, I'm not, like, trying to knock Nick Chubb, but, like, that's the guy he's always going to be compared to as far as, like, a guy that mm. pure runner sure. is going to give you 10, and you just hope he gets in the end zone. Um, but that was the knock on Henry is he's, he's, he doesn't catch passes, and now he's starting to do that. They're getting him involved in screens and stuff, and the team's winning because of it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Derrick Henry rest of the season, got to love it. Now, I would say, to play the devil's advocate, we did see Derrick Henry get injured last year uh after this point okay. it was week nine i think that he got injured so we're starting to come up on that point it may be a sell high time for derrick henry if you can get appropriate return it i was about to say it it depends on what the high is like if you're starting to get him where he was pre-draft again like if you're if you're able to get your way into like okay okay rest of season you have Derrick Henry, and you're offered Leonard Fournette. What do you say? No, I'm keeping, I'm keeping Henry. Henry, but if you give me Fournette and a little more, I'd do it. Okay, Dalvin Cook or Derrick Henry? Derrick Henry, because Dalvin's had his Henry. own problems with injury. Nick Chubb or Derrick Henry? Nick Chubb. Mm, that's Nick a big Chubb. question mark right Nick there. Nick Chubb. See? Yeah. And then one last one. This one's probably a little bit Austin Eckler or Derrick Henry. Eckler. Yeah. Eckler. 
Now that now yeah, now that Eckler's starting to get active. Especially again. with the receiving, especially with the receiving opportunities with Eckler too. I mean, you gotta take that. One guy that uh finished, I think, is a top ten running back this week. And uh, I think he might be back, especially with the workload he got Kamara. this past week, is Mr. Alvin Kamara. Uh-huh. He looked great. Yeah, he and I think as an Alvin as an Alvin Kamara owner and as somebody that put uh, invested a lot in him in this fantasy season, I'm very happy to see it. I know there were some touchdowns vultured away by Taysom Hill. Um, but I think that he looked really good. And I think that we're going to expect to see this on a week in week out basis, maybe not the 23 points, but I think double digit points is something that you can absolutely yeah. expect. Uh, so Al Kamara comes back to life, as you mentioned, 23 points, uh, Nick Chubb, another guy we mentioned 25 points. He continues to be one of the best RBs of fantasy this year. And then Dalvin cook, who we also mentioned put up 26 points. Um, yeah. Okay. Just want to say something real quick about Dalvin Cook. You might want. Yeah, oh, you might want out. what? You might want you might want to watch out for this because you've been waiting all year. If you're a Dalvin Cook owner, he gets in the end zone twice. He looks good running the ball, but just about every week, except for a slight uptick in week three, or from week four to week three to week four. Madison, this the snap share. It's coming down. He went from yep. 77, 69, 61, 63, 57. Mm. now he's when he's on the field he's getting the carries like he's getting he's getting the work he's getting the volume but the problem is if they start to turn this into a committee which was part of the concern about cook coming into the season that was kind of baked into his pre-draft ranking is what they did in la and what kevin o'connell did was they kind of ran a committee they ran with the hot hand madison we've seen when dalvin cook's not there it's almost like a one-of-one replacement like he can do exactly what dalvin cook does when he's in that offense so if they can keep obviously the better player with fresh legs all the time you're probably you might not see this volume as consistently so if you can sell high off of people that were waiting to see dalvin cook get this big game i would probably look to do so as a vikings fan do you agree with that insight uh tyler no, I mean, abs- I mean, from the hair to everything else involved in his game, Alexander Madison is an absolute pretty much duplicate of Cook. He's not as shifty as Cook, but I think he's a little bit more powerful. He offers a little bit more in the passing game. Um, but yeah, as a Vikings fan, I love it. Like preserve Cook as much as you can. But as a fantasy owner, you're going to want to get as much as you can out of Cook. But yeah, we know the injury history with Cook. So why not preserve him as much as you can? For sure. All right, let's dive into the wide receiver studs of the week. And to start off, a guy who a lot of people benched this week, and that was Gabe Davis. He put up 36 points on most people's benches because the past two weeks before that were really stinky. Um, Trading yeah, out of spite. Yeah, is Gabe Davis back? I mean, it's not – I don't know if it's sustainable, though. Like, three it's catches not. for, like, 190 yards and two touchdowns or whatever it was. Like, It's not. I don't – and, and this is what we worried about. He is the definition of boom or bust. And, and we knew that coming in. You know, I know he had that big week one um, against the Rams and everybody's like, oh, maybe Gabe Davis is actually the truth coming off the four touchdown performance in the playoffs against the Chiefs. But, you know, I know he was out week two against the Titans, but the other weeks, six points, two points, and then obviously blew up for 32. So you're going to have these these crazy weeks where he does this, but you're also going to have those weeks where he puts up four five and six points the other thing to keep in mind they've as far as defenses are concerned this year they've faced some very porous pass defenses in my just opinion. About, like all green matchups for the bills wide receiver. 
Yep. So they're going to get into a little bit more difficult situations, and you wonder what is he going to be able to contribute at that time. Um, yeah, and this was my pushback. This was my pushback on Gabe Davis coming into draft season was how consistent do you think he can be? Like, in, in theory, it sounds good because you think, okay, Stephon Diggs is going to probably get eight to nine, ten targets a game, but somebody has to get all those other targets that were going to Cole Beasley and Emmanuel Sanders and all those guys that are gone now. You would think it was Gabe Davis because the last time we saw him, he scored four touchdowns and had 200 yards. But he hasn't had more than six in a game this year. He's had He hasn't had more than four catches. I mean, all of his points production is is touchdowns and big plays. And again, small sample size. We've only seen him for four weeks. And really, like, I barely remember Gabe Davis from the regular season last year. Like, I don't know if that's just me, but like, there, there's like no thought of him. One guy, I mean, obviously this might be more of a deeper league move. Isaiah McKenzie looks like he's getting involved um, yep. a lot in Buffalo. I wouldn't say that I like him more than Gabe Davis moving forward, but at cost, where Isaiah McKenzie's probably going to be on waivers um, in a lot of leagues. I'd look to go grab him over Gabe Davis, if, especially if you're trying to get in on this Bills offense. Especially me and Tyler talked about it with Jamison Crowder out for the year. I mean, you got it. You'd love it. You'd love it. Mm -hmm. And I coming into the year, Isaiah McKenzie, there was a lot of hype. And obviously, you're trying to wade your way through the bullshit in preseason. Um, but, I mean, it seems to be that that hype was well-sounded. Uh, but... Uh, to play devil's advocate on Gabe Davis real quick before I list off the rest of the receivers, I will say those two games that he put up single digits in fantasy, he was questionable to play game time decision for both those games, and his ankle was really fucked. I up. agree. So, yeah. but the, the the good games he's had, it's the target, it's the targets, man. Six targets only, and only six targets in the two games that he has blown up. So you can see it's really just touchdowns, and touchdowns are great, but. I don't Actually, know how reliable target, they are. I've targeted week one. Oh, okay. Yeah, see, sure. like, I think he's, I think he's probably a low end two to high end three moving forward. I can get and with that. And it's hard to say after he puts up 35, but. I can get yeah. with that. All right, let's dive into the rest of the wide receivers. Uh, Devontae Adams scored 30 points last night, helped me out with the dub and duck league. Uh, Justin Jefferson puts up 30 uh, Tyler Lockett puts up 29 points as we see a shade of his former self. Uh, Coop, did we want, uh, Tyler Lockett is uh, I'm trading him just based off his name. I'm trading. Honestly, I might trade for Tyler Lockett. He's, I'm probably he's not buying bad. Tyler Lockett like, right now. Gino likes him. He's got yeah. here's his here's his numbers this year: five point eight, nineteen point seven, sixteen point six, thirteen point one, and twenty seven point four. He's he's, he's wide receiver eight. Consistent. He's wide receiver eight in PPR right now. He's had he's had target share has been four, eleven, eight, and six, and he's one of the best separators in the NFL. Geno Smith is trying to find the open guy. You've obviously you're going to have a lot of attention going to DK Metcalf. And that's been the thing since DK Metcalf got there is, you know, teams are going to want to try and double DK Do Tyler Lockett might be eating this season, especially because the whole reason why he was being picked as low as he was, like you think about it draft season last year when they had Russell Wilson, he was probably going in the mid fifties ADP wise. He was going in the nineties this year because we thought that this quarterback situation was going to be a disaster. And it's turned out to be just as good as it was, you know, arguably just as good as it was with Russell Wilson. So if you can buy low still, I know it's going to be kind of hard um, on Tyler Lockett. I'd try to do so. I think you can. I, cause I, I'm still out on Tyler Lockett. Cause everybody thinks. Just in general. 
he'll have two next week. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, it's an interesting debate for sure. Uh, Cooper Cup scores 28 points, um, doing Cooper Cup things. Uh, Washington Commander, Diami Brown, puts up 27 points this week. Gotta love that. Um, I don't know. Uh, D- two yeah. catches, though. Dotson didn't play I mean. either, so I don't like Diami going forward. Um, Travis Kelsey, uh, to round out the tight ends, he scored 34 points with his four touchdowns last night. So, all right. Now we move to the dud section. And the first one on the list is quarterback Trevor Lawrence, who scored 12 points. Um, Don't really need to talk about Trevor Lawrence. A guy that I really want to talk about, though, Matt Stafford. Scored nine points. He has been horrific so far this year. Me and Mitch talked about it, and I think it's almost official now. Like, Matt Stafford to Dumpsville. You can drop him. You're you're definitely thinking about it. Obviously, like I said, dude, if you've got Geno Smith on your waiver wire, cut cut your losses. You probably didn't take staff with that high, but still, cut your loss. Go get Geno. If you need to go get like somebody, if if somebody mm. dropped Dak when he got hurt, get, might be ready for Dak to be coming back pretty soon. I'm pretty sure matchup because week seven, Jalen Hurts goes on by, and I picked up Dak Prescott because the Cowboys play the Lions in week seven. So, obviously, that that's going to be a 45-point performance for the Cowboys offense. So, I mean, his first game back might be against Detroit uh, for Dak, so keep an eye on when that When it comes well. to Matt Stafford, though, specifically, like, it, he's looked horrendous. Um, Tyler said it. He's, oh, he he only throws to one guy, and that is the concern. He throws to Cooper Cup, and that's it. If Cooper Cup's not open, that ball's not getting out and getting caught, it seems like. I really think it has a lot to do with the elbow, man. I, I don't think that they want to say anything about it. But, I mean, when you hear Tommy John, it's not a good thing, man. Like, you, as a baseball fan, you cringe when you hear the words Tommy John together. So, that's what was being thrown around for Stafford. And he's not looked good so far. He doesn't look like he's making Matt Stafford-type throws. So, I think it has something to do with the elbow. He's not the same Matt Stafford. So... Let's move on. Uh, Jared Goff scored six points this week in his shutout against the Pats. Uh, Chase Edmond, dude. Chase Edmonds, zero points. I, he's easily droppable, in my opinion. I think Mostert's. He's got. He's gonna get the opportunity. I think Mostert's the guy. Yeah. Give it one week. Give it one more week for Edmonds, and then if he doesn't perform, then I'd yeah. I'd be moving on. Also, you have to think about this Dolphins offense is also probably gonna be pretty run dependent if their quarterback situation continues to stink that and Mostert does have somewhat of an injury history and if Mostert goes down Edmonds is the definitive RB1 in that offense he's going to get a lot of volume so maybe just wait it out a little bit you're I would stay away from starting him for the time being but um I'd probably keep him rostered just for a little bit longer fair uh Cam Akers uh he scored three points he's still got like double digit carries but is just not effective with them I'm not rostering either Rams running back if I had to it would probably be Daryl Henderson um if I had to but I'm not having to uh AJ Dillon says man you know who's a guy man that still rosters Cam Akers I was literally about to yeah I was literally about to say that. A.J. Dillon, I know he had 20 points week one. Since then, he's gone 7, 5, 9, and 3. Man, I just rostering A.J. Dillon as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a big concern for me if, if I'm an A.J. Dillon owner because you probably drafted him to be your RB2, maybe flex, and 
it has not been yeah i i was just not high on him like having to draft a a nfl rb2 to be my rb2 just never like i never understood why people were drafting him in front of kareem hunt like that made zero sense to me i i don't think he has the upside that kareem hunt does if nick chubb gets hurt the same way as if aaron jones were to get hurt and like I, I don't know. I just feel like the touchdown, you're you're praying for a touchdown every week. And that's not really what I want to have on my mm, roster. If they get up in a game, which, I mean, the Packers, they still have Aaron Rodgers, so that could happen pretty often this year still. It's a possibility. <laughs> Believe uh, if they get up, if they get up by, like, 14 points, A.J. Dillon's going to be the guy that they use to mow down the clock, and he's going to get 20 points. So in games that the Packers win, he's going to be effective. And the Packers have not been winning football games so far i do think that they will start to play better than they have so far this year which means better things for aj Dillon. that's my argument so all right let's move on uh jk dobbins had four points which kind of stunk um he does yeah i think he's still yeah, trying to get back he does look good in general i will say in the plays that he's making uh, Tyler Algier, uh, the guy stepping in as the main RB in Atlanta while Cordero is out. He scores just five points, so I'm almost willing to drop him now. I mean, it was a tough matchup against the Bucks' run defense, uh, but he seems to be getting the work, but not a ton of it. There's two other running backs there getting the work. So uh, Jamal Williams scored six points while stepping in for DeAndre Swift. Can't really take much from that because they were passing all game. Uh, Najee Harris, dude. Seven points. Shut up! Yes. That is one I wanted to talk about. What is going on there? Because, I mean, I know the first couple of weeks he was okay. He was serviceable. Barely. Like, it's, not a good situation. it's not a good situation right now for Najee. No, it's not. And it sucks because, like, Tyre Steelers fan base is turning on him. And I hate that. Because he's, he's so – it's just what we have, what we have built around him – is does not play his strengths. He is a Le'Veon Bell type of get the ball, sit, then go. The only problem is he doesn't he doesn't have the go <laughs> to go like Le'Veon did. Um, but he he doesn't have the time to sit and go. He's but if he sits, he's getting hit. Like I think I think I saw some like insane stuff, and everybody's like, oh, Jalen Warren's playing better. Najee Harris has um. He gets 0.7 yards before contact. Jalen Warren's been getting three and a half. So I don't know if that's just Jalen Warren blindly running into holes that happen to form or what's going on, but like 0.7 yards before contact, it's the fact that he's getting three yards a carry is a miracle. You're supposed to, Najee coming out, he was supposed to be the big missed tackles guy. And it doesn't seem like he's causing a lot of mistakes. Well, and that was, that was my problem with him. That was one thing that I said when we drafted him was, it's really hard for you like to be able to evade tackles from college defenders when you are, you know, that big to be able to evade tackles like that is a little different than having to evade tackles when the guys are faster. And granted, he's bigger and stronger, but he's not faster. Like the 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 quick movement stuff that he could do in college doesn't fool NFL defenders. And that was what I was worried about. And we saw it towards the beginning of last year because Najee Harris didn't start strong last year either. I know he had I think he had like 19 targets against Denver in week three or something crazy like that. But other than that, he didn't play very well out the gates. But if you have better options, 
I would look to sit him, Oof. especially against Tampa this week. If if you've got better options, it's it's probably time. Damn. I don't because Henry's on a bye this week. Um, but yeah, I, I'd probably be I'd probably look to sit him and let him prove that he deserves to be cracked star online. Okay, uh, let's play a name game real quick uh, before we move on from Najee. Uh, rest of the season. Um, let me. I can't answer these questions. I can't. I'm not. On, I'm not going to be able to answer. Let me get a list. Um, Brees Hall. Brees Hall. Brees Hall. Hall. Yep. Kenneth Walker. Uh, probably Najee. <sighs> Melvin Gordon. Nah. Najee. God damn it. Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard. Oh my God. Tony Pollard. Miles Sanders. Uh, <laughs> Miles Sanders. <laughs> Clyde, Clyde, Clyde Edwards Lair definitely after last night. Even though he only finished with three points. I know, I know, I know. He actually only had like three points, but he looked pretty good. James Robinson. James Robinson. Najee, Najee, Najee. What? No, ETN's ETN. Like it's it's a it's officially a 50-50 split. James Robinson has had like four points over yeah, the last two okay. weeks. Okay. He sh- he should be in your dud section here, pal. I was hope he was like the last name both. For Najee, jumped the Najee. I was like, "Damn it!" <laughs> I thought James Robinson was gonna be next. I was hoping that James Robinson would be the cutoff. I took James Robinson oh, off of there just because, like, we have myself. seen a couple of dud weeks uh, for which call it. But hold on, I want to. Okay, here we go. Here we go. Okay, uh, David Montgomery or Najee. Monty, I agree. Uh, Aaron Jones or Najee? Yeah, Aaron, Aaron Jones. Jones. Um, how about a guy like Jeff Wilson Jr.? Najee. Probably Najee's going to come back over the yeah, next couple okay, weeks. that's fair. Um, Zeke. Yeah, I think Najee. I like Najee Probably too. Najee. All right, yeah, that's – I mean, that's it's pretty close, Ob. That's yeah, it's pretty it. close. I mean, obviously, Najee has fallen from grace from where he started at the beginning of the season. But let's move on uh, to the wide receiver duds category. And I start with Christian Kirk, who scored two points. Um, not a lot to take away from that just because Trevor Lawrence didn't play well either. Um, I still have faith in Christian Kirk going forward. He also had the Stingley matchup. Back-to-back weeks, though, of a day. Yeah, he, it, he was matched up against Stingley, I assume which is a tough matchup. I mean, he's a rookie. But uh, Jalen Waddle, next guy on the list, he scored five points. Um, in back-to-back yes. weeks, time to kind of hit the panic button yes. on Jalen Waddle with uncertainty. According That's to that. why I had my hand out. Are we just skipping over uh... – are we just going to skip over Allen Robinson? Yes, because he should have already oh, been Allen off Robinson's, your team. Um, he should have already. I saw that. I, was about to say, I saw uh, that he put up a dud. A Rob a dumb yes, channel. he should be already off your team. I'm not going to mention him. He should not be a fantasy football asset. So I didn't even do him the respect of putting him on the list. And I'm sorry. While we, while we are talking about the draft part of it, they're paying him $40 million over the next three years to get three targets yep. a game. Mm, yep. Terrible. But 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 it was always the, the quarterback for Allen Robinson that was the problem, right? 
Yeah, dude. Oh, oh dog. Yes, it was. I this bear, this Rams offense, I think, is the problem. And I know last year happened, but every year before that, Allen Robinson has been relatively productive, and that's why it always was. What if he had a good quarterback? Could he be like this, like a wide receiver one, like maybe even the wide receiver? This is the best quarterback he's had. I know. We have been talking line. a lot about Stafford. I know. Though. These numbers up. Cooper Cup is still putting up crazy numbers. Yeah. He was he was putting up like he was like finishing with Trubisky. So like it's different circumstances and it seems as if he's a completely different player from what he like literally Yeah, oh, literally. Gosh, yeah. Do, 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 do. Am I back yet? Yeah, you're back. What's up, dog? Yep. I was just saying, I don't know what happened from two years ago in Chicago to last year in Chicago, where he went from being like a top 10 wide receiver scoring wise to literally being droppable in week six and never recovered like even an inkling. And then now we just picked right. I, I don't know if it's a mental thing. I don't know if he's struggling with an injury. Gotta be mental. I don't know. If, I mean, I know, I know Stafford's a racist, but I tell, tell us, <laughs> tell us something that we don't already know. Jaden. Jeez. Yeah. 100. He is like literally. I can't tell you how many times, like after Rams games, I see the picture of the shades. Family, yeah, guy. the shades. I yes, <laughs> yeah. With when it's like putting, oh my, like the good. Not yeah, it's good like okay, the, okay, not okay. <laughs> like it's yeah. like literally after every Rams loss, they do that with Matt Stafford, and it's one hundred percent true. As somebody who had Robert, so fucking true. Yeah. Or he just doesn't like his number one rush or number two wide receivers who aren't Cooper Cup. Could be that, but most likely he's a racist. Um, anyway. Yeah. What about Odell Beckham? Yeah, OBJ. He did uh, for a couple games there. He uh, it was against the against the pattern. Um. All right, let's move on. Uh, Jalen Waddle. We did mention it probably is almost time to hit the panic button on him. I mean, we did. We are getting Teddy Bridgewater back next week or this coming week, and then two of the next week. Well, the thing, so I don't know, man. Like we we saw the big forty point performance against Cincinnati, which obviously was great news. He had seventeen and fifteen. So he had seventeen in week one, fifteen in week two. Are you just trying know, to man. argue against Jay Lamotto because he's on targets. my team? Like you're looking at the stats and they're good, right? And you just want to be like, oh, like I mean, the last two games have been duds. For they're sure. not though. Last two games have been duds. He he had one game. Okay. Teddy Bridgewater, two, Teddy Bridgewater, and then Skylar Thompson. targets in week two. Holy fuck! He had nineteen targets in week two. That is fucking insane. So, but since then he hasn't had any more than six, and two of those games were with Tua. Like, yes, if there's a guy that I want getting six targets, Waddle's probably towards the top of that list because he can make the most of them. But it, it's concerning because if he if he doesn't. Like if he if he gets tackled, obviously you don't want your guy. Yeah, guy you're tackled, just trying. Right? You're literally so, just trying to because he's on my team. You want me. You want me. You want me to trade him tackled, to you or something. That's a cheap fucking way of doing it. I was literally actually as soon as soon as you brought him up, I was. God, that's say, a cheap way. Shit. That's a cheap way I'll of trying him. to negotiate a trade live on a podcast. Uh, all right, let's move. I have full confidence in Jayla Waddle. Uh, once Teddy Bridgewater makes it back, at least he won't be as good. Um, definitely wide bottom tier wide receiver two. Um, but once Tua comes back, he's wide receiver one. Um, 
Moving on, Amon Ross A. Brown had six points. That ends a double-digit point streak going back to week 13 of last year, man. Absolutely fucking insane. Uh, no concerns for Amon Ra. Uh, A.J. Brown scores six points. No concerns there either. Uh, Dalton Schultz puts up zero points and catches zero footballs for the second week in a row. Um, he's dead. I, I'm not, I don't want Dalton Schultz on my football team right now. I mean, he could be making it back from injury. No, especially when you can go out and get like yes, Hayden Hurst. absolutely. Uh, so Dalton Schultz is basically welcome to Dropsville. Uh, Gerald Everett, after a nice week last week, he had one point. Tyler Conklin had zero points. And then TJ Hawkinson, after putting up 40 points last week, puts up two. So that does it for uh, our studs and duds segment. Definitely a lot of solid content there. A little lengthy, but, you know. Solid content either way. But now we're going to dive into our rest of season takeaways. Or not rest of season. We're kind of doing this key takeaway segment and we're kind of adjusting it. Um, We're just going to do two in general takeaways that each podcast member has. And we'll share them live with you on the pod right here. Um, So I'll go ahead and start first if that's okay with you boys. Um, Do we just want to do one, one, and one and then the... All right, sweet. Yep. So, uh, my one of my my first takeaway uh, from week five is the Raiders continue to lose close games, dude. I mean, we talked about it earlier. They've lost to the Chargers, the Cardinals, the Titans, and the Chiefs by six or less points. That is absolutely brutal. Um, they have the third smallest point differential in the league behind the Jets, and guess who? The Atlanta Falcons. Uh, but that's either, neither here nor there. Um, they have the 8th best defense against the run so far, 8th best scoring offense, 11th most yards per game. So it's not like this team is necessarily performing badly. Like, they have been performing well. Their season is not over yet. They've lost a lot of close games, um, but their upcoming schedule is pretty easy. I mean, they've had a tough run of it, but they played the Texans at home next week. Then they play at the Saints, which, I mean, that should be a pretty easy matchup uh, because it's the Raiders. Um, Then they play at the Jags, the Colts at home, at Denver, and then at Seattle. So that's by no means a super murderer's row of a schedule right there for the next seven, six weeks. So I like the Raiders going forward. I'm not ready to call their season quits just yet. Tyler, what you got, man? Um, yeah, so my big takeaway from this week is that the NFC East may be the best division in football. The Giants just beat the king of the North and the Packers. The Eagles are undefeated on the road, uh, undefeated in football, and they're 3-0 on the road. And the Cowboys lost their quarterback week one and have ripped off four straight wins, including two wins against both teams that were in the Super Bowl last year. This division is pretty freaking legit, and I think that you could see two Maybe even three teams from this division make the playoffs, which is crazy to think about, especially coming into this season. And kind of the narrative over the last like five to six years has been how bad this division has been. But with those three teams, um, yeah, they've absolutely got a chance to uh, to get multiple people into the playoffs. Uh, so, yeah, my biggest takeaway is that the NFC East is the best division in football. Sweet. Can you emphasize one more time that there's only three good teams in the NFC and the other team's trash? 
Can you do that one more time? Yes, the Redskins were not mentioned okay. in that category. And yes, I will call them the Redskins. Thank you. Appreciate that. All right, Jaden, what you got, man? So I kind of alluded to it earlier. Mine's going to be a lot about the Bengals. Um, I obviously got to watch this team in person. Got, I mean, we were, I was like literally like sitting in like an all 22 camera view. Like it, it was exactly like that. It was on the side where they record the games at. So it's like that. Um, their play calling is horrendous. And if um, Zach Taylor didn't take this team to the Super Bowl a year ago, there, there would be a lot more conversation about him being fired he needs to go like it's legit become a problem now this offense has become too good to be as stagnant as it is this defense has been on fire so far to start the season and because their offense is is stagnant right now i mean they're two and three i'm looking at joe burrow's um targets from next gen stats thing where it's got the dots of where he's attempting passes at it looks like the steelers from three weeks ago there's nothing in between the hash marks. Not a single target is in between the hash marks. And yet we we get chastised for it. Joe Burrow gets to get away with it. Um, every run is an inside zone. Like, legitimately. It's just every single time the run is so... Like, it got to the point where we were, like, midway through the third quarter. We were like, they're inside zone. We knew it every time. The play calling there is a total disaster. Obviously, T. Higgins is going to come back, and that'll help, you know, boost their offense a little bit but man i mean it's just it's like embarrassing to have that that good of an offense and have that big of an embarrassment of riches at your disposal and still not be able to consistently outscore teams and just like be better on offense than you are right now like i I think it's time for him to go and maybe they don't do it in the middle of the season because they are probably in playoff contention but once we get to the end of the year, I think that needs to be a real conversation. Yeah, I mean, can't debate with that. And another thing that you can start to debate as far as head coaches getting fired, he was actually listed as the number one candidate on the hot seat on CBS's list that I was looking earlier, and that is Ron Rivera. I haven't said on this podcast since we started that Ron Rivera needs to be fired. Um, I really shouldn't have because he was only hired in 2020, so I'm... I like to stick by coaches as long as I can, but I cannot do it any longer. Ron Rivera needs to be fired. He's 15 and 23 since being the Washington Commanders head coach. He's currently in the middle of his third season. He's 0-1 in the playoffs, that fluky year that we made the playoffs and we almost beat Tom Brady um, when our defense was actually playing well. But that was his first year coaching. He didn't really have time to implement his whole system. And that defense pretty much led him to a playoff appearance in which he lost. Um, and then the care, the cherry on top of the cake is blaming Carson Wentz post game. That was fucking ridiculous. Like it's okay for me to blame Carson Wentz. Okay. Like it's okay for fans to blame Carson Wentz for the result of our loss. That's, that's fine. I don't want to ever hear our head coach say, it, man, before this season started. And I talked a lot about it this off season. Rivera kept saying the same shit about Carson Wentz. Like, what are you going to do differently to make Carson Wentz effective in Washington? And basically his go-to answer every time was, oh, he just, he needs confidence. We're going to be the first team to give him the level of confidence that he deserves. He's a pro, like he's a pro bowl quarterback. Like 
we're going to give him the confidence, and that's a huge thing. This is his team. It's not going to be taken away from him. Like all that, And I love that. That's what Carson needs. That's exactly what Carson needs, and he hasn't had in his entire career. And as soon as he's starting to hit a little bit of pitfalls, man, like, I mean, a little bit of pitfalls is a stretch, but we're only one in, we're one in four, and you're already saying, when asked why the commanders aren't keeping up in the division with those other three teams that Tyler was talking about, he gave him one word answer, and that was quarterback. And so my thing with the interview was, if he didn't answer it in a one-word answer, it would have been fine. Because all the reasoning that he gave was right. Like, the fact that even Cooper Rush has been in their system for a year or two now, that all is correct. And I think it's it's not completely unfair for him to say that. But the fact that he said quarterback and then kept going I, I would have been perfectly fine if he just said, we don't have the chemistry yet with Carson Wentz and the rest of this offense. Yes that the teams, the other teams in our division do. If he had, it would be a non-story. And you know what else it would be a non-story is? If the commander's defense wasn't allowing 25 points per game. Yes. Seasons when Ron Rivera is a defensive head coach. Yes, like maybe, exactly what maybe I was about to it say. Would, it would be a little bit more heard, and he would be a little bit more righteous in saying it. But when their defense isn't doing what it's supposed to do, when you're the commanders, and that's been your identity at least for the last couple of years, it's kind of hard to go and point the finger at the quarterback when maybe you should be the finger exactly. yourself. Exactly. I will say he, he he did come out today and he said, I told the guys that I should know better shit. I had a bad day. That was his response. Yeah, which, I hey, saw you know it. what? I saw it. At least, at, least, at least you can hold yourself accountable and say, yeah, I fucked up. He fined Del Rio over the, the, the summer for like saying some political bullshit. Like you should be fining yourself for saying that about your fucking quarterback. That's ridiculous. Alex Smith said it perfect on Monday Night Football. He's defensive coach. You mentioned it already, uh, Jaden. He led the Panthers to a Super Bowl with that defense. And the commander's defense is sixth worst in scoring right now. Ron Rivera needs to be fired. It's over. Also, I didn't mention this. He failed to develop Haskins. Haskins should have been a home run quarterback, in my opinion. Like, he should have been a home run. R.I.P. Yeah, rest in peace, of course. Should have been a home run quarterback. We drafted him in the first round. He barely even tried to develop him. He even put him in the game just to show how it, everybody how bad he was. Like, what kind of fucking guy does that? Like, I I don't know. He had no attempts to develop Haskins. He obviously has no intention to develop Carson Wentz. So, out with Ron Rivera. Bring in somebody with the new quarterback that we draft this offseason. Tyler? Uh, I'm wow. actually. I'm gonna go last. Hold on. I'm gonna go last. I'm gonna let Jaden go. Okay, Kane, you did just say with the new quarterback we draft this off season. So we're five games into the Wentz experiment. And you're done. I mean, how it is? I'm just basing it off the sample size I got, bros. If, like, I mean, if we if you take one and four, take it out, stretch it out over the rest of the year, that's a top five draft pick. Yes, yes, it is. And if we are yes, spending that on a franchise quarterback, then I don't, I don't know what we're doing. Now, now, what is going to be your happiness Mm-mm. level? And what is going to be the dollar amount that you spend at the Washington team store? If well, I was going to, dude, I've been talking to people about this. And this is the last thing I'll say before we move on to Jaden's point. But I don't, this sounds terrible. I don't want him to come to Washington because... Like I said, yes, 
You don't want to we ruin it. We failed to develop Haskins. Like, we're failing with Wentz now. Like, I don't want Levis to come to Washington. You develop Kirk, Kirk Cousins? Yeah, I mean, was there really? And you probably. I mean, Kirk was RG3. Kirk when he came out of college. Like, I mean, I don't know. Like, uh, there's not really much to develop there. I know he's what thirty million dollars from Minnesota. Yeah, and also led us to a, yeah. uh, a division, division uh, championship. Um, but yeah, I, I love Kirk. But anyway, that was not under Ron Rivera. Uh, that was under Jay Rudin. So, yeah, Ron Rivera's done. Get yeah. him out. Okay, well, mine is going to be about the dude that is, like, probably the biggest or best story of the season so far. It's Geno Smith, man. Like, I, I cannot get over how well he's playing, like, just in an offense where no one really had any expectations for this team this year. Obviously people knew that it was going to be a step back or thought a step back um, for this team this year. And it hasn't been, it feels like they haven't missed a beat on offense. And also, honestly, you got to start saying real, real quick. Remember the whole talk about who's going to be the starter. Is it Gino or is it Drew Locke? Yeah. And like now that just seems absolutely silly. Like, who who would even think about that right now? Um, but now this was obviously a team that we were we were talking about drafting a quarterback potentially. Obviously, with um, was in the conversation. So then you one hundred percent thought that this year maybe in the quarterback market, obviously with Stroud and Young and Levis all at the top. Are you kind of ignoring that right now? Like, do, do you want to run? Or. I mean, you might as well right now. I'm saying like, okay, next year. He's on a no, one-year deal. I know what you're saying, but I mean, like, I think there's more. Uh, I think there's bigger needs for the Seahawks rather than Geno. Yeah, I mean, and especially, I mean, I do think they're probably going to regress a little bit um, to the point where they'll be picking probably in the top 10-ish. Um, maybe if they, you know some things roll the white right way. They'll be picking in the top five. They need pass rush terribly badly. And Will Anderson is at the top of this class. I think that would be a home run for Seattle. Brooks. Uh, um, be nasty. Yeah. Yeah. So my thought, like, do you tag him? Cause yeah, a tag at the quarterback idea. position right now is like $40 million or especially because he is what? 32. He'll be 33 next year. Do you think about, Maybe trading him is like Gino's been great. Don't get me wrong, and I love this. But in in three years, whenever like you know you figure out what you're gonna be and you get this roster fixed, do you do you still think Gino's gonna be like is his value ever gonna be higher than it is right now? Especially if he sustains this. He's like I th- I think there's a lot of questions. He's, Go ahead. I think he's Teddy Bridgewater minus the injury. Like he's gonna have. A huge season this year, and then go off and get be a nicely paid backup. I don't know if I've ever seen Teddy play at this level. Yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, this is this is top. This is like unprecedented top five quarterback right now. Yeah, like if you remove his name and you look at his stats, you would think it's any number of like like Joe. He's like putting up like Joe Burrow 
Justin Herbert type of numbers. You just take his name off the back of the jersey, and that's what you think. You take his name off the back of the jersey. This is Russell Wilson like three years ago, two years ago. Yeah, it's it's remarkable, and I I think it's like it's it is a fantastic story, but it's moving past that to the point where no, he's like legitimately really really good right now and i i do think it's sustainable especially in this offense so that's not i don't know if that's a takeaway take but um i think one geno smith might be a top 10 we we'll, we might have a conversation about geno smith being a top 10 quarterback at the end of this year like moving forward mm. all right tyler how are you gonna follow that up um so this is in my opinion the biggest takeaway across the whole national scale of the league this past week and we've got a officiating problem and i know we talked about it in years past and i know that the Tua injury is an absolutely devastating injury but we can't be freaking out and calling some of these rough in the passers the way that we're calling the brady one was absolutely awful that it, i will still still stand by that it decided the game i mean you know maybe the falcons get the ball back and don't score but we we don't we don't want we won't ever, ever know but that, and then the Chris Jones play on Derek Carr on Monday Night Football, when he literally recovered the ball, put his left hand down to brace himself, and still gets called for the rough and the passer call. I don't know if this is something that will be discussed in the middle of the season, because the NFL doesn't like to do that, but it for sure will be discussed in the offseason. And what do you do? How did it how how does this get resolved? Do you allow challenges? Like I, I it is a huge. I think question that's exactly mark. what you do. And, and challenges. But then it, I think but that's then there's still going to be that gray area as to what you do, like how you do that. And I saw Mahomes get slung oh, down sorry. by I think it was Chandler Jones or somebody on the Raiders, and I was like, this, this that should be a rough in the passer call compared to what you've been calling. So there's a big officiating problem that needs to be solved, and it needs to be solved quickly because we're turning into a flag football touch type league. That the problem that uh, challenging like plays like that would create is the amount of time it would take up. Like you would have to review, go into review simple plays like that. I mean, but you still have two challenges. Yeah, that's true. It's an interesting concept. But like the in in those in those two situations, you have one situation where a team recovers a fumble and gets the ball in scoring territory, and another situation where. It's third down, and the team's about to punt to another team with three minutes left in the game with, with only up a touchdown. I mean, it's just two outcomes that could have decided the game in one instance and gave the, the, the team that, that was rewarded the penalty three points, basically, because not only did the Chiefs recover that, but then it gives them a 15-yard penalty on top of that. And it's just absolutely ridiculous. And it's not only that. We've seen the questionable pass interference calls. There's just... I think there's some officials in this league right now that are past their time. And I know it's obviously a discussion in politics about how old politics are. And I think it's the same deal with the NFL where you've got guys like Jerome Booger and I think Ed Hockley's finally gone. But like there's some guys that are just up there in age that, in my opinion, don't need to be officiating anymore. No, I mean, it's been, I, I, I even, I even think we saw something last night where they were, uh, somebody called it a catch and somebody waved it off. I think it was the Devontae Adams catch or non catch. There was a the line like there was they were sitting right next to each other. It was like the fail Mary. I was like, "What's going on, guys? Come on!" But yeah, definitely. In it. Yeah, I think I think challenges are the way to go. I mean, you did that with pass interference calls, and I mean, it hasn't been insanely terrible. I mean, when needed, it's been useful. And roughing the passer obviously usually happens when there's a sack going on. 
there's it, it's a whole jumble going on. Use like the the Chris Jones play. There's a tackle on each end blocking the referee's view. No one can see what's going on. Nobody can see whose weight is on who and who's slinging who to the ground because. I mean, it, it could happen all. It could happen by three people. It could happen by the back end of tackles getting pushed back. And you have no idea what's going on. So I think a challenge is 100% the way to go. If Because quite honestly, what they did, I, I do think, is in response to what happened to Tua. Because the 100%. sling down. The sling down. But, but, but is Jerome Booker. That whole thing and, and that's and that but that's what I have a problem with because if that's the case, okay, go ahead and admit that. But Jerome Booger said no, that had no effect on my call. And I'm like, well, it can't be both. It's it's gotta be if if, if you're gonna make that call and you're gonna say, Yep, it was because of Tua, I get it. But if you're not gonna say it's because of Tua, then you need to own up and say I fucked up and I made a mistake. And that's the other thing, is there's that's one thing, like I said, that I'll give Ron Rivera credit on is at least he held himself accountable and say, I screwed up. These referees don't hold themselves accountable. You very rarely will hear a referee say, yep, I screwed up. I made the wrong call. You just won't. The thing is, though, if they ever say that, they're out of yeah. the job. And it's always, job. I mean, that's the most. <clears throat> you can't say you got a call wrong. You got to stand by your call as a ref, because if you say you got a call wrong, they're just like, oh, well, if you know that you got that call wrong, then you'd probably yeah, do Goodall it again. Yeah, will be calling him within two minutes and getting his ass on a bus out of town. See, I think it's I think it's the opposite. I think you're less likely to make that call because you've gone ahead and said I screwed up, and the and the public is aware of that, and they're looking for that now. Yeah, I know, but that's what I'm. You don't want you don't. Want, I mean, obviously, you're an NFL referee. No matter what, eyes are always going to be on you. But now you got a target on your back. Oh yeah, this guy. He said he's made a wrong call before. He knows that he's screwed up calls like this. Being aware, like maybe in your head, you're like, oh yeah, I probably shouldn't have done that. So then when you when you see that play again. You know, three weeks from now, maybe you don't call it the same, but then I'll you, say this: as there's a, it's a no-win scenario to being NFL referee. To that's be totally I, honest. But that, that's the other thing I was going to say is I don't think there's a correct answer with this. I don't know what they're going to decide, but I don't think what they are going to decide is the right answer because I don't think that there is a correct answer, and that's that's the NFL and that's the nature of the officials, and that's not only the NFL, but I think that's other sports as well. We've seen it constantly, but yeah, I think that the, there has to be something done in response for to sure, this. for sure. All right, boys. Well, that just about does us at the uh, two-hour mark. We were shooting for an hour 30. I don't think it, with three people, man, it's rough. It's hard. Hard. But um, we'll try better next time. Uh, solid content today. We got our, our power rankings. Uh, did a week five picks recap. Did some studs and duds. And then two key takeaways from each of my lovely podcast members. Um, but, yeah. We'll have an episode out later this week um, to either, well, not to preview Thursday Night Football, but to recap it and um, get our picks in for this coming weekend, throw out our pod parlay. It'll be a good time, man. So we'll catch you later this week. Uh, Good luck on Thursday Night Football. Hopefully you guys caught some fantasy dubs this week. Hopefully your bets were all good. And we'll see you on Friday. Peace.